What is up, everybody? Welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, bringing you live primetime every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that primetime is brought to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week later on the show in a few moments. But before we do any of that, let's talk about the imminent decision that will have a huge impact on how this playoff game on Monday night plays out. I'm getting nervous. Not, not nervous in a wrong way, but you know, man, I just want the playoff game to start. We have dealt with a lot over the last several years, almost three decades. I have not been around for, for many of those years, but man, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I cannot wait. And one of the storylines that has me super intrigued is the possibility that the box could have Ryan Jensen back for this game. It is not a fact. It is not something that the box are even expecting, I would say. But the door is open for Ryan Jensen to return. He's actually practicing with the team. He tried to come back against the Atlanta Falcons in Week 18, but that was a meaningless game for the Tampa Bay Bucs. So the fact that he didn't play on that one doesn't tell you much besides the fact that he was not entirely ready to even risk it. But the Bucs might get Ryan Jensen back. And keep in mind that the Bucs have missed Ryan Jensen as much as anybody else that they have missed this season. I think Jensen is the guy that really kept the box together in 2020 and 2021, especially because this is a team that likes to run duo. They like to get those, those double teams up front. And Ryan Jensen had a lot in his plate. And to make matters worse, the Buccaneers didn't really have a quality option to replace Jensen with. So the fact that he could come back is a huge, huge deal. Now, from what I have seen, for various Buccaneers, writers, reporters, and even fans. Uh, Tampa Bay fans are not buying into the hype of Ryan Jensen returning. And here is where it gets interesting. Here is where it gets interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Ryan Jensen is not the only guy in doubt for Monday night's game. The number two center for the Tampa Bay Bucks is also in doubt. Hainsey who has also played some guard for Tampa Bay this season, suffered a hamstring injury in the regular season finale, even though it was a meaningless game. And he will be questionable for this one. Uh, Todd Bowles left the door open in yesterday's press conference about it. But if he doesn't make it, then you're talking about some legitimate trouble for the Tampa Bay Bucks, because in that scenario, the Bucks would be moving their left guard 
over to center. So you would have Leverett at center, and they would have to shake up that entire offensive line against the Cowboys' defensive front. My question from me to you is how confident are you feeling about getting pressure on quarterback Tom Brady from 1 to 10? What is your confidence level in getting pressure in against the GOAT, the greatest of all time? Let me know in the chat, but let me tell you that decision will have a huge impact in the playoffs. If Ryan Jensen can go, the Tampa Bay box offense should look better than it has for the entirety of this season. Even if it's his first game back, people like to say, oh, uh, he will take some time to get acclimated and all of that. I don't think that will be the case for Ryan Jensen. I think that if he comes back, he is an automatic upgrade for the Tampa Bay Bucks, And then you could see the Cowboys being in trouble in that sense. Uh, but if he isn't ready to go and Hainsey isn't ready to go, then you're talking about one of the those games that one of the Cowboys' biggest strengths, the pass rush, should be able to take over. Even if it, it, it hasn't produced at the same level over the last few weeks compared to at the beginning of the year. Let's see some of your questions here and your answers, excuse me. Uh, El Tino goes with five, so kind of a low score. Toxic Tom says two. Uh, 10 for Dak not, <laughs> Dak not done yet. I love that username, by the way. Shout out to you, sir. Tizila goes with seven, 3.5 for Gregory. Gabriel goes with 6.5. Dwayne Brown goes with seven, 4.8 for Quiddy. Let's see here. We did it last two times, says Dak not done yet. Man, Michael Parsons especially. Michael Parsons had a great game against the Bucks in week one. He had two sacks. He had like five pressures. The Cowboys had about uh, five to six pressures from the inside as well. They got the better off Tom Brady in some of the blitzes as well. They did pressure him. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with seven point five for this one. Listen, I'm not that concerned about the Cowboys' pass rush. I am somewhat concerned slash intrigued as to why the sacks have not gone the Cowboys' way over the last few weeks. But they're getting pressure. They're still a top three team in pressure rate. They did drop from number one to number three, but they're still getting, you know, quarterbacks in trouble every week, even if it hasn't translated to sacks. And we know that that has a lot to do with game script, with the quarterbacks that you're facing. And specifically, if you look back at the Cowboys' schedule, they have played a lot of mobile quarterbacks. And they might not be playing great guys like Brady, but they're seeing a lot of rollouts. They're seeing a lot of eye candy side to side, a lot of reads of Micah Parsons. They're getting the Cowboys pass rushers in conflict, like the Jacksonville Jaguars game, which was a great example of that. I think that Doc Peterson made a fantastic job kind of limiting the Cowboys pass rush on that sense. But against a traditional drop back QB, I think that the Cowboys can get pressure, especially because this has been a, a, a pretty banged up offensive line from Tampa. They have been uh, quite banged up, you know, but Shaq Mason is good on the right side. Tristan Wirfs also good. Is that spot between the left guard and the center, especially if Hainsey cannot go and Jensen cannot go either, 
that the Cowboys must be able to exploit, and hopefully they are able to do so. Now, I'm not sure that Donovan Smith at left tackle is an area where the Tampa Bay Bucks are super confident, even though he is a well-known name. I think that the Cowboys can get pressure on this one, and I think that they will. The biggest challenge, though, against Tom Brady and pressuring Tom Brady is not that whether or not he has a good offensive line. It's not always a topic about that. It's mostly about Tom Brady getting rid of the football so damn quickly. He's throwing the football faster than he was when he won the Super Bowl, according to Next Gen Stats. He has cut down on the time to throw on average. He gets rid of the football at the second or third highest rate uh, or fastest time, to be more precise and more accurate with my wording. He throws the football at the third fastest time to throw in the entire NFL. He can still get rid of it quickly. And that is experience. That is Tom Brady being Tom Brady, scanning your defense immediately. And remember that we talked about Chris Godwin yesterday. He is a huge part of that. Tom Brady can get rid of the football immediately and target Chris Godwin as an easy button. And then Godwin is one of the guys with the most yards after catch. He's one of the most dangerous receivers with the football in his hands in the entire NFL. So it will be a challenge. And it is definitely a game in which Micah has to step up. The Marcus Lawrence has to step up. And even some of the younger guys like Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, to keep the Tampa Bay Bucks offense from going off against you. Here's a surprising, you know, uh, stat. I was going to save it for tomorrow, but let's get it out. Let's get it out there today. Here's a surprising stat for you. The Tampa Bay Bucks have scored 24 or more points in two games this season. Whoa, that is surprising indeed. But it is even more surprising when you consider that the Cowboys have 11 of those. So the Cowboys have scored 24 or more in at least 11 games. The Tampa Bay Bucks have done that twice all season long. Crazy. Crazy to me. Uh, I was going to save this play. Yeah, I was, Tom Downey. This was going to be my Freeman Mazda stat of the week tomorrow, but I cannot stop thinking about it. So there you go. That doesn't mean that, you know, this is a done deal in favor of the Cowboys or anything like that, but it does, does uh, bring to the table the fact that this offense has struggled. And I don't think it's because of Tom Brady. It's because of their offensive line, their inability to run, and all of that. I know it's you, Toxic Tom. I know it's you. <laughs> it's me, Toxic Tom. I know, I know. Maybe I'm missing something here. Maybe it's not him. Now, is it, is it like a... Like a reverse psychology thing? No, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's see here. Let me see some of your comments in the chat. If the back end covers, we can get to him. This is Dwayne Brown, and I agree. That is also one of the reasons why the Cowboys pass rush has struggled. We look at this sometimes as if the back end and the front seven are two separate things, but it's a it's a team sport. And if you have clear 
holes in your secondary, then the pass rush will also look less productive because quarterbacks will be getting rid of the football quickly. Let's see here. Uh, Mark says, notice that we play bad on grass fields. I've seen this stat. Yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's kind of it's kind of weirding me out. For those of you who haven't, let me see if I can find this really quickly before my phone battery dies because it's at 4%. A friend of mine tagged me on this stat. Let me read it to you. And this is for Brett Coleman. I have some thoughts on that. Brett says, and I will read it out loud. This was actually made by, uh, the comment originally was made by Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett made a point, and I'm reading the tweet exactly from Brett Coleman. Jason Garrett made a point that the Cowboys defense is worse on real grass than it is on turf. So I looked up this stat. On grass, they have played against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Green Bay Packers, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, and Washington Commanders. EPA per play allowed, 20th best in the NFL. On turf, EPA per play allowed, second best in the NFL. Tampa plays on Bermuda. I've seen people make a big, big deal out of this. I don't see it. I don't think that I would put a lot of stock in it. I think it has to do mostly with the fact that, well, you play the Eagles, you play the Packers, the Jaguars, and then Tennessee, Washington might be, you know, kind of lesser teams, but also you did play without your starting cornerback on those games, without Leighton Van Der Esch, without Jonathan Hankins. I don't know how much stock I would put on that. Interesting, for sure. Intriguing. Raises an eyebrow. Yes. Would I, when making my prediction when the time comes on Thursday, would I say that that plays a huge role in my analysis? No, I don't think so. I've seen some people argue that pass rushers get off their stance quicker if they are on turf against if they are on grass. I'm not seeing it. I'm sorry. Because even if you go back and you look at those games, I don't think they lost because of the playing field. I think they lost because of many other reasons. They lost against the Tampa Bay uh, against the Green Bay Packers because they slowed down on offense and they were getting destroyed by Christian Watson. They lost against the Jacksonville Jaguars because the Cowboys were also being destroyed with Kelvin Joseph in the secondary. We saw Doc Peterson pull out all of the tricks against the Cowboys defense as well. I don't I don't see that being like a real story there. I'm sorry. But it is interesting. It is interesting for sure. Let's see. He should know this is Dwayne, all them eight and eight seasons that he had <laughs> talking about uh Jason Garrett there. Rafael Castro, thank you for being here. Appreciate that you love the show. That means a lot to me, as always. Let's not forget, says Gregory, that we have not lost two games in a row all season. Tom Downey says, consistently inconsistent. Let's see. Uh, Mark Aaron says, I just hope that Tyler Badass plays center. I didn't. I, that is actually kind of a pun that has always been right there. And I had never figured it out. 
<laughs> Shout out to Mark. Everybody gets nervous, but y'all need to fix that attitude, says Cam. I don't know if he means uh, another comments in the YouTube chat or maybe me. It's a good game. Like, it is a close game. Let's treat it as such. It's, it's fun to be excited and nervous about games. Tom Downey says, Mo, will we have a draft show next week? I don't have a prediction yet, Toxic Tom, but I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think that we'll dive into the draft this quickly, at least not fully, right after the season ends. I can guarantee you, we'll have a lot of coaching conversations here as we did last season if that happens. Hopefully, it doesn't. Hopefully, we can save those thoughts until, who knows, February maybe, mid-February. Could you imagine that? Let's not get too excited. Let's 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 think about the box first. All right. So speaking of speaking of that, I think that we can move on now to what Jerry Jones had to say on the radio today, essentially saying and stating that Mike McCarthy is not on the hot seat. Before we get into what he had to say, let me know in the chat: Are you buying or selling? The idea that Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat heading into this wildcard round game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let me know in the chat. Are you buying or selling the notion that Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat? Let me know. And while you do that, and before we dive into Jerry Jones' full quote, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is a 2023 Mazda CX-9 Carbon Edition all-wheel drive. First and foremost, check this vehicle out over at FreemanMazda.net because the Carbon Edition is actually pretty badass. Check check it out. Uh, It starts at $46,105. It's got all-wheel drive, third-row sitting, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is an absolute game-changer, sunroof, Side impact airbags and a miles per gallon capacity of 20 when you are in the city. That goes up to 26 when you are in the highway. So make sure that you check out the 2023 Mazda CX-9 Carbon Edition all-wheel drive over at FreemanMazda.net. A family-owned business for over 65 years. And remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. Check it out once more over at FreemanMazda.net. Let's see here. Are you buying or selling the idea that Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat? Let's see what you have to say before we dive into Jerry Jones quotes. Let's see. Let's see. Man, I'm lost in the comments. I'm sorry. Uh, Selling, says Mark Aaron. Buying, says Gregory. Tom, Toxic Tom says, I'm not buying anything that that liar says. Charlene says, selling. Gregory's is buying. Bruce says, I want to sell, but it's Jerry Jones. Selling says Dwayne, but I hope that he stays and change, changes the offensive coordinator next year. Eltino says, selling. Gregory says, Mo, we can't get that lucky. Here we go. This is the full quote from Jerry Jones for those who maybe missed it. He was asked on 105.3 The Fan. This is a tweet from Todd Arker over at ESPN. If a loss to Tampa Bay could impact Mike McCarthy's job, Jerry Jones said, no, I don't even want to, no, that's it. 
I don't need to go into all the pluses or minuses. I've got a lot more to ev evaluate Mike McCarthy on than this playoff game. That is Jerry Jones' quote. And I kind of feel this strong urge to sell the idea that McCarthy is in the hot seat. In other words, I would listen to Jerry Jones on this one. Not because of the quote itself. Listen, never forget when the Arizona Cardinals brought in Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, has been fired this week already. But they brought Cliff Kingsbury in, and this is one of the perfect anecdotes that every NFL fan should always remember as a rule of thumb. Cliff Kingsbury was hired as a head coach, and he immediately said, oh, yeah, Josh Rosen is our quarterback. He drafted Kyler Murray with the number one overall pick. And we knew. We knew that it was going to happen. And he still said that Josh Rosen was a quarterback and he maybe calmed down that whole conversation before drafting Kyler Murray. So general manager, coach speak, whatever it is, it's hard to believe it. It's hard to take it uh, seriously or as a surefire fact. But I will say that it's tough to... This is not the right uh, graphic, by the way. Where is my graphic? Where is the, <laughs> the overlay for tonight's show? Weird. I will, I will reload it. <laughs> Disappeared on me. So, let's look at what McCarthy has done. He has two consecutive 12-win seasons. He has taken the Cowboys to the postseason for the first time in consecutive years in a long, long time, in over 10 years. I don't think that the Cowboys will get rid of that just because. And I understand that we have always been thinking about Sean Payton. I don't see the Cowboys moving on from Mike McCarthy trading away a first-round draft pick and maybe even more to land Sean Payton. So I am fully selling the idea that Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat, even if the Cowboys are eliminated on Monday. It would have to be like a very, very bad loss. Like it would have to be the Commander's game or the Week 1 game all over again for me to even think about changing my mind. Not even because that is my own opinion, which it also kind of is, but because I don't think the Cowboys would do it at all. We could do a lot worse than McCarthy, says Mark Aaron. Yeah, and man, I don't know if there is anybody else other than Sean Payton that makes at least a little bit of sense. Like, are you rolling the dice on one of the younger coaches around the NFL that are aiming to land a top-tier job as said coaches? Like, for example, just like thinking of the names that are out there being interviewed and all of that. Offensive coordinator Kafka. Offensive coordinator Ben Johnson from the Lions. Would you roll the dice on any of those guys? And the answer should probably be no over a coach that can win. And listen... The Cowboys have done that. Like, that is the first check mark for Mike McCarthy. They have won consistently 
in the regular season because that has not been inconsistent for Dallas. Back-to-back 12-win seasons. And I think that 2020 is unfair to evaluate because the Cowboys didn't have uh, Dak Prescott at hand. So any season that you play with a backup quarterback for most of the year, to me personally, doesn't really count. We have not seen them win in the playoffs yet. But, and I will say this, tough to base things off of one game, which is what we have right now. Like, because the Cowboys lost one game, do you want to get rid of Mike McCarthy? Heck no, not me personally. If they look unprepared once more against the San Francisco 49, against the Tampa Bay Bucks in this case, in this year, maybe you consider it. Like, you at least question what are you doing with, with your coaching staff? But I would fully expect Mike McCarthy to be back in 2023. Let's see here. Uh, Cam says, Jerry only cares that he's selling out tickets, says Cam. I have some thoughts on that story as well, but maybe for another day. Kingsbury was not qualified to Celtino. Oh, and, and just to be clear, I was bringing up Cliff Kingsbury as an example to how coaches and front office members will straight up lie to you. Carlos Valenzuela says, they all count, Bo. They're paid professionals. Yes, they are. They are paid professionals. The other teams are also paid professionals, though. I'm just like, I'm just saying, I'm not sure that one game makes you ignore two back-to-back 12-win seasons. And I'm not sure that you do it to roll the dice on a guy that you don't know if he can even be like the right leader for the team. Let's see here. Uh, Tommy says, Mo, you are young. I had the same optimistic view when I was 10 years into my fandom too. LOL. As you get older, you will learn. I will say, man, I will say, I don't, I don't see where I'm being optimistic here on this topic though. Like, I'm, I'm just saying back-to-back 12-win seasons and as a fan that indeed I am younger and I will say this, this is new to me. Like two 12-win seasons has been a luxury over the last decade and, or, or two decades for the Cowboys, even more than that. Tom Downey, Toxic Tom says, Mo, if he's so great, why do we undermine Mike then so much? Do we undermine Mike? Uh, well, yeah, a portion of the fan base definitely undermines Mike McCarthy a lot. I think it is because when you are watching football games, the easiest two people in the organization to blame are the quarterback and the head coach. And if you think about that San Francisco 49ers game and you look at the replay and somebody that doesn't know who the head coach is or even isn't super familiar with who Dak Prescott is as a quarterback and how he is perceived, if you take a random fan and make him watch that game and try to analyze it and you ask him once the game is over, why did the Cowboys lose and why did the 49ers won? They will probably tell you the right answer, which is they got pushed around at the line of scrimmage. First and foremost, that is what happened in that 49ers game. On one side of the ball and on the other side of the ball as well. Does that fall on Mike McCarthy? I will 
bring that question up to you all. Hence why the head coach can't even fire the offensive coordinator. What other head coach can't fire their own offensive coordinator? At one point, we do got to ask ourselves, did Mike McCarthy even want to do that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's see here. Paul says it starts at the top, at the top leadership influences Coulter. And I do agree with that. I'm, I do agree that the Cowboys organization isn't run uh, as any other franchise is run. And sometimes that is quite wrong. So I do agree with all of that, by the way, just to be clear. But I'm just saying, I don't know that you want to get rid of Michael McCarthy. I don't know that you want that. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is Tuesday night, and what we do on Tuesdays, we close out the show with our One Cool Think. So, for those of you who are new to the show, this is where you give a One Cool Think, whether it's something personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know in the chat, what is your One Cool Think of the week? Please. My one cool thing of the week, and this is our random feel-good space, by the way, for those of you who are new, my one cool thing of the week is that the UFC is back, and we're getting UFC back on Saturday. It is a kind of a mid-fight card, not going to lie to you, but I've missed the UFC. I've missed some MMA fighting on my screen on Saturday night. Of course, I will be more concerned about whatever happens in the NFL. But as soon as the NFL is over, I will direct my attention to people punching each other inside the cage, excited about it. Uh, that is my one cool thing of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, let me know what is yours in the chat, whether you're watching on Facebook and or YouTube. And by the way, do me a favor and hit the like button. Hit the thumbs up. That puts the show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. And that really helps out a lot to grow the channel and to grow the, the primetime show. It is toxic mode, says Tom Downey. That might be my one cool thing of the week as well. Luis Ortiz says, injuries have everything to do with that. Can you say we'd be that bad without injuries, says uh, Luis Ortiz. Are we talking about the last few weeks? Because I agree, especially on defense, I will say that the Cowboys have struggled primarily because of defense on defense, uh, because of injuries, excuse me, on defense. Gilbert says one cool thing is first day of physical therapy from elbow surgery complete, long road back, but excited. Man, shout out to Gilbert. Uh, hope that it becomes easier and easier. I remember physical therapy from my knee surgeries, and it's not fun. Uh, it gets to a point maybe in which you want to go to therapy because it does make you feel better. But it's not fun at times. Let's see. Uh, Tom says, Mo Penn State is still Rose Bowl champs. First time since 1995. Hey, Dallas, be like Penn State. Hey, it might it might be meant to, to be. Uh, Tommy on one five says, smash the like button. I agree with that. Who wins in a cage match, says Bruce, between Rowdy and Major Tuddy? Man, Rowdy is not the guy I, I would bet on <laughs> for anything. For just about anything, I would probably not bet on Rowdy. 
Yeri is really to blame, says uh, Cam. Luis Ortiz says, uh, one cool thing is I found an old school Dallas player I liked on Twitter. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Nostalgic too. More watching than likes. Help the channel out, says the Wayne Brown. Yeah. Yeah, we have more, more people watching right now, but about 40 than we do likes. Hit the thumbs up, please, please. Help out the show. Got my COVID vaccine so I can leave to see Cowboys win another Super Bowl. Says El Tino, win a Super Bowl. Man, let's hope for the best. I'm feeling kind of good about the Cowboys' chances, though, to win against the Tampa Bay Bucks. More on that throughout the week. So far, we've covered some of our major concerns, which is getting pressure on Tom Brady. Also, a look at the cornerback room. If you missed it, you can check it out from last night. We talked about it at length. We talked about the possibility of Xavier Rhodes playing a major role against the Tampa Bay Bucks. So check all of that out. Uh, I appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. And we can get out of here. Cool thing, says Carlos. I have been with my wife for 33 years and she still puts up with my craziness and crap. That's awesome. Yes, I am ready. Lost the translation. I am ready for the game. Cannot wait. Thank you, everybody. Do me a favor. Hit the like button as you walk out of the stream. Remember that prime time brought to you by FeminMazda.net as always. Nos vemos mañana, 8 p.m. Central. Adios. Tengan un buen martes. Bye-bye.